Good morning. Welcome to the Talkies. I'm your host, Chris Welch. And coming up on the program, you're going to be speaking with Greg Pallast, uh, investigative journalist par excellence, who has been hot on the trail of democracy, and it's not easy to find. Uh, he focuses his attention this week on the recent voting in the rerun election in North Carolina. It is not a pretty picture. And he says that the media's got it all wrong again. I look forward to speaking with him. Okay, so moving on to the topic that we sort of touched on yesterday, namely voting uh, election integrity. Uh, it's it's not easy to find, but if anyone could find it, surely Greg Pallast, investigative reporter par excellence, would find it. Greg joins us on the telephone. Hello to you, Greg. Hey, Chris. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> well, in this, your, in the regime. your recent piece about the ninth uh, congressional district election rerun in North Carolina. Uh, mentions, okay, the media reported that why the Democrat lost this is because there was a drop in the number of American, African Americans who turned out to vote. What's that about? Yeah, they're just dropping all over the place, those African Americans. Um, No, they, they turned up, but they were turned away. They know what's at stake here. This is, you understand, this is Reverend Barber's turf, you know. Wow. This is like the, the new center of the civil rights movement. Uh, yeah, and they really didn't show up? Um, no, 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 no. This, I'm tired of this one. What's happening is in North Carolina, it's happening all over Jim Crow America, not just the South. But it's uh, uh, vicious in the in the southern and uh, deep south and border states. Is that black people have been removed en masse from the voter rolls illegally? They show up to vote, and they're and they're either turned away or they're given these provisional ballots, what I call placebo ballots, which aren't counted. You might know this from 2016 when three quarters of a million provisional ballots were not counted by the state of California. Um, three out of four Bernie Sanders voters. Yes. And so, you know, um, so, you know, California students and, and the suburbanites, uh, suddenly, uh, were treated as if they had turned black in California. But this is, this is not news in places like Carolina. So, for example, in Carolina, um, until three months ago, you had a violently partisan woman named Kim Strake as the head of the Board of Elections. And technically, she was nonpartisan. Um, but her husband was general counsel to the Republican Party. You know, the main lawyer for the Republican Party. And, and she, but they don't talk I about that at home, Greg. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the great, you know, oh, it's so nonpartisan. The Democrats took control of the Board of Elections in part because of reaction to this theft. Remember, the ninth was, uh, election in the ninth congressional district was rerun because the Republicans, in a rare, rare instance, were caught red-handed literally stealing votes. I mean, physically stealing votes by going to the homes of black folk and saying, we're here to collect your absentee ballot. And remember, in, in America, about a third of people uh, 
now vote absentee, mail-in ballots. We're here to collect your ballot. They handed over the ballots, and they threw them away. And, you know, it was literally stealing the ballots. And uh, so they had, they had no choice but to rerun that le- election, which the Democrat shockingly had lost by, uh, officially lost by only 900 votes. And, that, you know, and the stolen ballots uh, accounted for that loss. So how is it that that same Democratic candidate, the same guy, suddenly went from a 900-vote supposed loss, known to be stolen, to a 4,000-vote loss? And, of course, the punditry and, you know, MSDNC and the rest, they never will talk about race and vote suppression. They'll have Reverend Barbara on, who will talk all about Jim Crow voting tactics in North Carolina, but it's always before an election. After an election, they will never, ever, ever say those Jim Crow tactics, which we reported on, fixed this election. Mm-hmm. Only Greg Palace will do that, and that keeps me off MSDNC, because I will not say, no, America does not have fair elections. We don't have democracy you know, we have kleptocracy, uh, racial kleptocracy. And um, so what's happened in the ninth goes back to something called interstate cross-check. Kim Strake, this violently uh, Republican, partisan, vicious uh, crafter of Jim Crow tactics, imported a list, a hit list of voters, overwhelmingly voters of color, from Chris Kobach of Kansas, if you don't can't remember that name, just think KKK, Chris Kobach of Kansas, who's running for Senate for Kansas right now, by the way. He was Secretary of State, and he came up with this interstate cross-check list, which he sent out to 30 Republican state voting officials in different states. Georgia, that's how Stacey Abrams lost, um, mm. was had her election stolen. In North Carolina... About a third of a million names are put on, about 355,000 names are put on a hit list by Kobach, sent to Kim Strake, who then uh, said, these are people who've left the state, according to Kobach, they, they've either voted twice or they've left the state because they're registered somewhere else, so take them off the voter rolls. A third of a million people. Now, I investigated this for Rolling Stone magazine and for Democracy Now! and Al Jazeera. And uh, what I I got the the North Carol part of the big hunk of the North Carolina list of the hit list, and it had, for example, uh, a guy uh, you know people like um, 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 his name is uh, James Antonio Hayes, and he supposedly voted in another state with a different middle name, but you know just you know. James Hayes, you know, like how, uh, you know, it's just the same. It's obviously a different voter. They don't care. It was all about people named James Brown, people named John Black, people named Jose Garcia were on this hit list, and they supposedly were registered or voted in another state. Now, by the way, voting in two states or even registering with the intent to vote in two states is a felony crime. Go to jail five years, federal crime. They didn't arrest a single person. Though you have to understand, they made a big deal of trying to arrest people. They actually hired an ex-FBI agent to spend a year going through those lists of so-called double voters, not finding one. Yet they used this list, this fake list, basically of common names to remove voters. Now, why would that affect black, Hispanic, and Asian American people? In other Mm. words, blue voters uh, mostly. The answer is that 85 
of the 100 most common last names in America are minority names. Rodriguez, Garcia, Ho, Park, Chung, Johnson, Black, Jackson. Um, Those are the common names of America, and those are minority names of America. That's a history of slavery, history of the conquest, and history of Asian immigration. comes down to these very common name, 835,000 Garcias in the United States. This is going to be a lot of Jose Garcias, okay? So they use this trick, this racist Jim Crow trick. And, um, you know, and, and yet the, uh, while I did report, by the way, I reported on this for MSNBC before the election. I reported in Rolling Stone, the Brennan Center cited my work, etc. Yet after the election, oh, Blacks didn't show up. No, black people showed up. They didn't. They showed up, but they turned up, but they were turned away or turned over to the provisional ballots flushed down the toilet, which aren't, by the way, you know, if you know Greg Pouts, you know my reports. I used to report for BBC television. When we report an election in Britain at BBC, we not only say who people voted for, we list the number of ballots that were not counted for some reason. In America, they're called spoiled. Hmm. It's about 1% of the ballots, 1.5% of the ballots in America are spoiled. We report that number in England. And the reason for each one will say, you know, uh, 756 ballots unreadable, uh, 703 ballots blank, you know, whatever, you know. But in America, ballots are thrown out for all kinds of cockamamie reasons, technical reasons. And by the way, if you're black, the chance your ballot will be thrown out, cast, but not counted, is seven, is 900% higher than if you are white. That's an official calculation by the U.S. Civil Rights Commission. So we still have Jim Crow elections. It's not, North Carolina is one of the worst. No, uh, the media is dead wrong in the place McCready should have been, if you counted every vote and you stopped people from, if you stopped blocking people from voting, McCready would have had it in the walk, the Democrat. And it's not like I'm for the Democrats, because, in fact, I'm not for the Democrats, because they really didn't do anything to protect these voters. Mm-hmm. They really don't. Mm-hmm. That's a big, big problem, because I know usually the first question I say, well, where's the Democratic Party? Why don't they complain? I don't know what to tell you, Chris. Well, this is, this is a lot what the folks I talked to yesterday. There's going to be a conference uh, in early October here in Berkeley about election integrity. And mm-hmm. so to promote it, I, we talked with Harvey Wasserman yesterday who, who yes. mentioned your piece and, and your mm-hmm. work. And uh, he also talked about how Dan McCready's vote thing, just as in Ohio and the, the stories that he's reported on, and you have too, but uh, the 2000 election, 2008, etc., how at first Dan McCready was winning, and then all of a sudden it started reversing <laughs> in the middle yeah, of the poster. night. It's like, what? Well, you know what happens? Um, I'm glad Harvey caught that. What uh, Harvey Watson, a very sharp guy, uh, and I work with him. And um, Indeed, you have very similar should... interests. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we work on different ends, ends of this. My specialization is the removal of black people from the voter mm-hmm. rolls and how that happens. Mm-hmm. But, and he works on, like, vote counts, et cetera. But what's in, one thing where our work crosses is we have exit polls, um, which are the gold standard. These, you know, polls before an election you can't are very difficult because the pollster has to determine who's actually going to vote. 
We don't know. Exit polls, there's no such thing. Exit polls, people walk out and they know that they've, you know that they just voted, right? Yeah. Or they just think that they, this is very important, they think they voted. So you have an exit poll and people say who they voted for, and oh, I just voted, blah, blah, blah. They never tell you, ever ask, did you vote on a provisional ballot? Do you know whether you, and you don't know if your vote was counted or put in the spoilage bin. See? So, the exit polls tell you one thing, and then you have this weird thing we call it a redshift, where you go from the exit polls to the actual count. Now, one thing pollsters in America have been intimidated into doing, Gallup and others, they'll do exit polls, which are, by the way, the U.S. State Department does not use the official polls. It uses exit polls to determine in other nations whether an election is honest. So mm. we refuse to accept the Ukrainian election. We refuse to accept the Serbian election and the Peruvian election, all because the exit polls didn't match the official count. Mm. When we have exit polls that don't match the official count in the U.S., we say, oh, the polls are wrong. This was a big shocker to uh, folks when that first started happening. I can't remember if it was 2000 or 2008 or when, but... Well, the 2000? 2000, yes. 2000, well, I'll never... Okay, if you... Uh, you know, Because I, everybody I was like, whoa, what? How could you know, the polls have been so wrong? Yeah, I... Uh, uh, in 2000, I, you know, I, I wrote a book about that called The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. Yes, and by indeed. the way, my new version of the film of The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, which is the activist version. I know many KPFK people were at the standing room only showing at the Grand Lake Theater. KPFK, yes, and, indeed. Um, the, so you can now get the, a shortened special activist version for meetings for free. Go to gregpals.com and request a copy or... If you want the full-length version, go to – you can now get it free on Amazon Prime. Best democracy money can buy, but put up by my foundation, so it's not a commercial that I make any money from. Uh, well, but, that's too bad. I'm sure your wife is not so happy about that. Well, His new know, wife, he just we'll got survive. married this summer. It's so exciting. Yes, we just got married. I just got uh, married to uh, uh, Miss Bad Penny, Lenny Bad Penny, uh, who is – you will see in the film are the chief investigatrix of uh, – palace investigative team and uh you know we've been working together for a decade and suddenly realized that um you know uh we like being together so uh, well, she we broke down and, and said yes out. i think she 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 yeah, finally caved good. yeah let's put it this <laughs> way i've been uh trying to uh non-sexistly harass her to marry me for quite a while and she uh gave in uh so um <laughs> But uh, I'm sure she could handle anything you could throw at her. <laughs> so, uh, in the best democracy money can buy. But the thing is, uh, in 2000, in the book, you know, we had Al Gore winning Florida by the exit polls. Yeah. And so they literally had a congressional hearing beating up on the pollsters. How could you get it wrong? Well, they didn't get it wrong. They disqualified. Are you ready? 178,000 ballots were disqualified. Remember hanging chads? People made fun of that. That was an attempt by someone to vote. They punched the card, and a little piece of the, of the card stuck on the back, and so they threw out their ballot. Okay? 178,000 ballots, and again, 900% more likely to have that ballot thrown out if you're black than if you're white. Al Gore won that thing, and not it wasn't even close in Florida. And I reported on that, this you know, on that. And then in in 2004, John Kerry versus uh, versus um, Bush again. It came down to the state of Ohio, run by 
a vicious right-wing Republican partisan, Ken Blackwell, was running the vote there. And uh, Harvey Wasserman sent me the CNN polls, which it's a very interesting. The polls, they, they announced that, uh, you know, uh, so they have a breakdown. See, some, what they do is they conform the polls, the, the exit polls. They'll change them when they get the official count. But sometimes they forget to change the data sets. So, for example, in Ohio, you'll love this, Chris, John Kerry won amongst women with 54% of the vote. And John Kerry won against among men with 52% of the vote. So my question was, who was the, what was the third sex that, that elected George Bush president by taking Ohio? So, you know, they leave the data sets there, and then suddenly you see... And they exposed the con, okay? So, the, and, and then I did that. I was in my book, Our Madhouse. And, um, uh, you know, it's, the, the con goes on. And so now they do this conforming thing where they, they're getting better and better at hiding the data. Mm-hmm. And, they, and the, the, so the exit polls suddenly get conformed to the, to the fake count. And that's why you see weird things like, uh, a vote total goes down because they start throwing out votes. They start, you know, you have votes, you know, again, the vote spoils. They challenge that vote. They challenge that, that uh, you know, the, the GOP is very good at challenging these votes. And the Democratic Party never, ever challenges the challenge. Okay, so this... The Democratic Party leaves you. This is what the, the folks yesterday were absolutely apoplectic about. The Democrats, Kerry didn't do anything. Gore just rolled over. Okay. And, and McCready, he could... Uh, uh, nobody, they don't challenge anything. What do you account... How do you account for that? <laughs> Not that you um, might know, but oh well. I can't. I have to reach into the mind of a Democrat, which is a very small space. <laughs> so I don't know how to do that. But the and I'm not a psychologist, you know. I mean, but I can tell you this, okay. Um, and by the way, while Al Gore never stood up, okay, for those black voters who were screwed, and you know there was that case, and I never understood it was. Bush v. Gore before the Supreme Court. Neither Bush nor Gore lived in Florida. They aren't electors. They aren't voters. Why, are, why, why is it even up to them? It's, about, it's not their votes. And Gore abandoned the black voters of Florida, completely abandoned the black voters of Florida. And uh, so did Ralph Nader, by the way. Mm. Um, very disappointing. He, he walked away because he wasn't, you know. Uh, and I will mm. say Jill Stein, however, in Michigan when the black voters were shafted out of their vote, 75,355 ballots were never counted. That's that spoilage business because the machines broke in Detroit. Now, it's Detroit, Motown. Mm. Whose votes are they, Trump or Clinton? So Stein raised the money to count those votes. People call it the recount. It wasn't the recount. It was a count of the votes that were never counted. And, of course, Hillary was going to win the state because... The, you know, because Agent Orange only won by 10,000 votes. And so the 75,000 ballots out of Detroit, once counted, would give the state to, uh, to Hillary. But it wasn't Hillary that called for the count of the votes of Democrats. It was the Green Party. It was Jill Stein. And then, she, then Trump went to court, stopped her, stopped the count, because he said to the judge, kind of correctly, Jill Stein, you count votes 50 times. Jill Stein ain't going to win Michigan. She has no legal standing to count those ballots. 
It's up to Hillary Clinton. Clinton's lawyers were in that courtroom in Lansing, Michigan, and the judge asked Hillary's lawyers, what is the position of the Secretary of State, of Secretary Clinton, on counting these ballots? And their answer was, quote, we are just here to observe. Which was, by the way, her campaign slogan, wasn't it? Uh, We're just here to observe, and and that's uh, wrong. You know, screw the screw the voters, screw the black voters of Detroit. Now they're all worried that they're not that they can't win Michigan. Well, you keep screwing voters, and maybe sometimes they do stop showing up. But I have to tell you, you know, just so you know, you know, oh, black voters don't show up in in North Carolina. Black turnout, according to the census, okay, according to the census, black turnout percentage of eligible voters is higher among black people than white people in North Carolina. Traditionally, black people are more likely to vote than white people. Less addicted to meth, of course, um, which is not a small issue. Um, and so black turnout in many states, like North Carolina, is higher. So this sudden, oh, they're suddenly dropped off. What was there, a flu? What are they talking about? You know, I'm sorry, Chris, but, but the racism of the media, the, the subtle, oh, oh, we're not racist. Uh-huh. Yeah. Greg, always a great pleasure and invigorating to speak with you. Greg Pallast, Puffin Foundation Fellow in Investigative Reporting, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, now a feature documentary, and he told you he's got a new activist, shorter version. You can play it at meetings. If you go to gregpallast.com, you can find out all about everything. I look forward to the next time because obviously your work here is not done. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I got. <laughs> I just got married. I mean, I'm of a certain. I'm on Medicare, uh, so I have Medicare for me. So screw the rest of you, right? Well, but uh, no, <laughs> but but Penny is the one who said, "Oh no, you don't." Out of bed, Palace. Let's go. <laughs> I know. She's so I trust her. Me. I trust I'm her. I retired three times, and she keeps dragging me back into these fights. And I think that that's. You know, I, and that's the other thing is that, uh, and I'm hoping to, I'm starting to bring in a new generation. We have a great young uh, hip-hop artist and flash journalist, Jevin Lamar, who's uh, going back to Dayton right uh, in a few minutes to report from Dayton. And uh, um, also um, to interview his cousin, his cousin's family. His cousin, TJ, was murdered in that massacre in Dayton. So we'll be reporting on that. Okay, well, I look forward to that, and I hear the music playing. Bye-bye for this time, and congratulations on on your happy getting married. And thank you all for listening, and... uh, for and stay tuned tomorrow. We're going to be talking with some interesting folks tomorrow as well.